see. Cool. Well, we've got a little PowerPoint to come up. Chris had to get a cup of tea first, though. <laughs> uh, so, good morning. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk. I have to apologize first because I think the theme is grace and empowerment, but I forgot to find out beforehand. And uh, so, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> But I figured this is the best way because then you can give grace to me for not talking about that. And you've, you've learned it for yourselves. I didn't have to say a thing. Uh, but it is, sort of, it, is, it is sort of empowering. Yeah, we're going to talk about going deeper in praise. Um, some of it, uh, I apologize if you've heard before, because some of it I know I've spoken about at different times. Um, but there is some bits of it that I think God's been showing me, and I, I just thought, ah, oh, I feel like this is a kind of now thing. And um, I was really encouraged. I think John's moved now. But I was encouraged because uh, after Tuesday night, John put a post up on Facebook saying, like, is this a time to press deeper in worship? And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> that's what I was hearing. That's what I was thinking. So, um so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. So let's have the next one. Next slide. Uh, this uh, this was the phrase Dad's been talking about for a little while. Phil Reed, if you don't know the connection. Um, <laughs> don't like to assume, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah, Dad, Dad had a dream a few months back. And uh, he, wo- he woke up thinking that a phrase had come through really clear from it and he rushed to write it down so he wouldn't forget about it. And this was the phrase. It says, When circumstances deviate from God's plan, the word is released to challenge and correct the circumstances. Which I thought was pretty good. I like I like the image of that. The image that when stuff kind of starts to move away from the perfect plan and will of God that he releases a word at that time that corrects it and brings it back into alignment again. But for me, the, the question is, like, how do we take hold of that word? Uh, how do we receive it? How do we hear what it is? And how do we do something, do something with that? Uh, and I feel like he's been saying that going deeper in praise is part of that, that turning our attention towards him, away from the circumstances and towards the living word, is that's where, that's where you start to take hold of those uh, promises of God that are going to have the power within them to bring the circumstance into alignment. Um, so there's two kind of different groups of people that I was thinking about a bit this morning. And sometimes we're in both of them. But I'd like you to have a think. We're going to be a bit interactive because, well, you know, it's not a thousand people, is it? We can do that. Uh, so I'll ask some questions. You can tell me what you think. We're gonna, we can't talk about worship without doing some worship as well, so we'll just, you know, we're going to ebb and flow today, Chrissy, that's your word. Um, so one group, maybe where things are pretty tough, pressure is on, uh, circumstances are not how we want them to be. You, you see this and you're like, oh, that's what I need, I just need the word of God to come in and bring these things back into alignment because I know this is not how it's supposed to be. So that's group A, if you like. Group B, um, uh, the, the testimony about the God moving while on holiday was a good one as well, because we're coming up to a summer holiday season. And actually, for some of us, we might be in a totally different time just now than that under pressure thing, where things are actually kind of all right. Things are pretty good. Um, we're looking at having a rest, and rest is really good. We know from the Bible that it's important to rest have family time and all that stuff is really important but what do we do with this invitation to go deeper in worship in that category too uh do we just kind of think about it again in september uh possibly not (laughs) so this is for both groups so have a think now maybe talk to someone next to you where are you at right now do you feel like pressure is on or are you feeling like no things are kind of all right but yeah, maybe I would like to respond to this invitation to go deeper into God, to encounter him more. Even though things are great, they could be greater with him. So just for 20 seconds, have a think, have a chat to someone next to them, ask them, 
where, yeah, where you at right now? How are things going? All right, we're going to move, move on to the next one. Partly because I know once we start going, we can we could probably talk about the things that are going wrong for quite a long time. That's really not the point, I'd say. <laughs> it wasn't what we were going for. We'll walk out really miserable at the end because we just spent 40 minutes talking about the pressures or whatever. But the, my point is that I don't want to... Um, I don't want to be like a denier of that things can be hard, that there can be pressures. But... I don't believe that God has taken us into times to stay in them, uh, that there's, there's a hope and a, a different thing on offer for us if we are under pressure. Okay, so let's have the next slide then. We've got some pretty pictures today. I, I was thinking about what to talk about. And I sort of had a few loose ideas, but it was mostly in picture form. So I was like, well, we'll start with the pictures and then we'll see if the words follow. <laughs> so, so if nothing else, enjoy the pictures. <laughs> Uh, yeah, arise and shine. I looked up this verse. This one's for Auntie Av because it's from the Amplified Bible. I know you like the Amplified. Um, Isaiah 60 says, Arise from the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine and be radiant with the glory of the Lord. For the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It got me thinking about... What is the enemy's plan when troubles come upon us? Like the hand of God is on us to protect us, that the enemy couldn't crush us. He doesn't, he doesn't have permission to do that. Like even if things went as bad as they could go, God wins because like, he takes us to be with him. At the end of the day, the point of trouble is not to destroy us. But I think the point for the enemy of trouble is to take our eyes off of God and onto the troubles. It's smoke and mirrors, isn't it? It's oppression, it's depression. I think this verse sums it up beautifully. The depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. I think I've seen it in maybe in the message or something. Where it talks about like being humbled in the dust and looking down at our problems and stuff. But God is saying, arise and shine. And one of the things that's really interesting to me is that um, one of the words for praise in the Bible, the word halal, literally means to shine, to be radiant, to boast about the goodness of God. So the key for turning from that depression and oppression that circumstances have kept us into to arise and shine, maybe part of it is in that choice to shine, to be radiant, to boast about the goodness of God. It doesn't necessarily mean you feel a hundred times better straight away, but it means acknowledging the fact that he is good. He is faithful. He's still on the throne. That hasn't changed. He's still the eternal God. He still wins. He has overcome. That's done. And when we start to declare those things, it's like we just lift up our heads from the circumstances and turn them onto him. We start to reflect the, the radiance of God. Does that make everything better? Hmm, well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But it starts to make it possible for something to change. I thought when we had Steve Backland here a few weeks back, it's just great, isn't it? Like that feeling where you come in and maybe you're a bit overwhelmed with all the stuff that's going on. You're thinking about what's been happening in the week. But even if he just starts talking about, you know, any area of your life that's not glistening with hope, you're believing a lie and it's a foothold for the enemy, but we can just break that right now. You don't have to walk away the same. You start laughing at it. You just walk at the end and you go, you know, there weren't bells and whistles and fireworks and people falling down left, right and centre. But you just walk away just feeling like, I feel so much lighter. I just feel so much more hopeful. And amazingly, stuff can start to change then. When we get hope, 
the word starts to come. We start to see what could change. And, uh, and the, the word starts to bring the circumstances back into alignment again. All right. Next one. This is... Um, I'm using Bible, but I'm going to say straight away, this isn't, this isn't something in the Bible. This is just something I was daydreaming about once. And it sort of made sense to me. But I, like, if you think about the story of Jesus, the disciples were in the boat, and this big storm rises up, and they're all scared. And then in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. You sort of think, I wonder how he did that, like... I wonder practically what that looked like. Like, was he kind of, I don't know, surfing on the waves? Or did he just walk and it parted around him? Or I don't I just, I'm intrigued to think what would it look like. Um, and then one time I was reading in Revelation, and it said, and in front of the throne in heaven, there was also what looked like a transparent glassy sea, as if of crystal. And it occurred to me that, the reality that Jesus was walking in when he came walking to them in the water was the reality of heaven. He was walking on a transparent glassy sea. He wasn't, he wasn't living under the circumstances that the disciples were under. He could see something totally different than they could, even though it's like, sorry, it's a bit sci-fi, but it's like a parallel dimension that exists like in the same space. And they're under one set of rules, which is the rules of this storm and the wind and the waves. He's living in the same space, but under a totally different set of rules. And for him, he sees a transparent glassy sea. And for me, that means ice, ice skating. <laughs> so I was picturing Jesus in heaven, ice skating across this beautiful sea. And as I pictured him, he's so untroubled by the storm that was raging beneath this thick layer of ice. He could see it. He could see the, the white swirls and the waves crashing beneath. But for him, it was all covered by this layer of thick ice. And he's flying across it and he's smiling and he's laughing because it doesn't affect him. <laughs> he's not bound by those rules. And so I just thought, wow, when Jesus came to them, maybe... Just maybe he was ice skating without, maybe without ice skates. <laughs> but I think that's, that's what worship starts to do for us. To, to go back to that phrase about when the circumstances are not in line with the word or the will of God, the word is released to bring the circumstances back into alignment, to correct and challenge the circumstances. So if we can... Arise and shine, turn our eyes from the problem, turn them onto him. We get access to the realms of heaven that Jesus had access to all the time, where the rules of play are different. And the fact is they're not equal and opposite rules. The storm is not as powerful as the glassy transparency. The rule of heaven wins. And the rule of the storm and the waves has to, has to come into alignment with the rule of the glassy transparency. That's just how heaven is. That's just how God's word is. But when the word of God comes in, it doesn't meet it and battle it. Like we hear the illustration a lot, don't we, about the darkness and the light aren't equal, powerful forces. You go into a dark room and you switch on the light. There's no argument. The darkness has to go. The light comes in. That's just how it is. So when we start to turn our eyes to him, we get hold of that word and we release it. The circumstances must come into alignment. There's also kind of another image um, to do with this walking on water that I really like. Uh, you've probably heard me a few times talking about old Ray Hughes, Papa Ray. He's one of my favourite speakers to listen to. He's from the deep south in America and he looks exactly like the Kentucky Fried Chicken guy. It's brilliant. Um, but he, he talks about when we're worshipping, he says, what's the job of the worship team? Well, he says that worship is like walking on the water. The band come in just to provide, they fill the room with water, basically, so that anyone that wants to comes in and has the choice to step out and walk on the water. We can't make anything happen for anyone when we're there in the band. All we do is we sort of, fill the room 
with an atmosphere, fill the room with something, and then each one of us have the choice of kind of stepping out of the boat, if you like. Like, yeah, I'm going to choose to step into the realm of heaven, step out on that, start to walk on that, start to proclaim it with my words, start to add to what's happening here. And I think sometimes we... um, like it's it's so nice, you know, when you're playing and you get people coming encouraging me, like oh, you really took us there today or something. Like, hmm, thank you so much for being encouraging. Like, don't stop being encouraging to the guys because they like it. But we can't take you anywhere. <laughs> you know, that's we're playing some music. That's that's it really. But um, but for each person, we have a choice to kind of step into the heavenly realms or to stay where we are. And that's all right. The choice is up to you. But um, but worship particularly is one of those places where we can come each time with that kind of hunger to encounter heaven, and it's right there. It's just it's like I say a parallel dimension. You don't have to work hard to try and climb a ladder to get into heaven to get into those heavenly places. Like maybe two fast songs and a slow one, and then I'm there. It's <laughs> it's not really like that. <laughs> It's just, it's like flicking the switch from darkness to light. It's turning our attention from all the things that are going on, all the things surrounding us, choosing to turn them on him. Sometimes it takes us a little while to get our minds to (laughs) slow down or whatever. So sometimes there is an element of kind of warming into it or whatever. But he's right there. He's so close. It's parallel. It's touching. It's not far away. We don't have to work hard. By the grace of God, his presence is within reach We've got, I've got grace in it. I've done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the grace of God, his presence is right around us. And we can enter into it any time we want to. We can choose to worship him. And when we do worship him, he's speaking to us. He's releasing hope and life to us. Like I had that even this morning. Just had a great time. Well done, Nathan, the guys. Um, they'd filled the room with some lovely water. And I felt like stepping out. <laughs> So I was thinking a bit, I've had it on my mind a little bit about, I've just started maternity leave and that's going to be a change change for us because I've always, I don't know, I've always had to have a lot of faith in God to bring uh, provision to us because I've been self-employed for about 10 years and so the faith journey of learning to trust him to provide for us through that time, it's been hard sometimes but now I've got a good track record of believing, you know what, God will provide work for me and he will provide what I need. And it didn't occur to me that I'd have to kind of start again to go, he will provide even when I'm not working. Because I, I now so trust that he'll bring work to me. It's like, oh, but what about without the work? Am I going to have to start figuring it out for myself now? It's like, duh. <laughs> No, it was him all along. He's provided and he will provide. And as we just started singing about you are faithful, I was like, oh yeah, you are faithful. As soon as I turned my eyes on him and just started singing that, you are faithful, you are faithful. I was singing you are faithful to the end. You've never let me go before and you're not going to let me go now. You just go, oh yeah, it's obvious. But it's like the life, the words just come to you and you go, oh yeah. How did I not see that before? It's so obvious. But as soon as we get into that place of worship in his presence, it's like you just see clearly, just somehow the storm and the wind and the waves just hush. And we're in that place with the transparent glassy sea of stillness and you can just see a bit better. You can see what he's been saying all along. You see who he was since the beginning and he hasn't changed. And that's, that's where stuff starts to change within us. And when it starts to change within us, then our, our faith and our declaration changes. When our declaration changes, the circumstances change. Yes. Okay, I've got a little video for us. came across a, a new song um, from Sean Foyt, if you guys know, have heard of him, and Brian Johnson from Bethel as well. It's called Praise is the Highway. Um, and I just thought, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> Had a go at it this Tuesday, and I love it. But I thought, we're going to play it. It's about six minutes long. So like I said, we can't just talk about worship and not actually worship. So I'd invite you not just to kind of spectate. Yes, let the words settle in and sink in. But if you want to be in a space or whatever, let's engage with it and um, let, it, let it take us to, I don't know, 
let us worship as we do it. So let's watch this and have a listen.
I was in Alaska. <laughs> you don't get to hear about Alaska. <laughs> ah, it's good, isn't it? Does anyone feel... I don't know, I felt like my spirit just turns, turns around when I hear that, about the one who was and the one who is and the one who is to come. Lift up your heads. Has anyone been doing the, um, in your house group, the Bill Johnson course that talks about the gates? John has. <laughs> yeah, I think a few people have been doing that over the last term or so. But what, what are the ancient gates? What's the gateway between the realm of heaven and earth? No, I mean, there's all sorts of things at different times, I suppose, but in effect, it's us, isn't it? Like, it's our minds, it's our thinking, it's our, like, we, heaven and earth exist both in us, because we have the kingdom of heaven, we have the mind of Christ, and we have access to the realms of heaven, and we're also here in the realm of earth, and so we are the gateway between the two, we have the power to open the doors to let heaven come into the earthly realm but it's in our thinking it's in our the way we anticipate the way what we believe is going to happen the things we speak are going to happen so i love that that um lift up your heads so you gates like be lifted up you ancient doors lift up your eyes to the one who was and the one who is and is to come the other nice thing uh i really like the image of the highway because When I think about drawing near to God down this highway of praise, it reminds me of another highway in the Bible, another road, which is the one in the story of the prodigal son. That sometimes we think about the highway of praise like we've got to trek our way along it. Like I was saying, like we've got to climb up the ladder to get close enough to God. But the reality is that when we choose that highway of praise to come into the Father's presence, he's still the Father waiting on the highway for us looking out for us just to turn our face towards him and just looking around towards him is enough and he'll come running to meet us and sweep us up because that's who he is and he hasn't changed. Let's have the next slide. Nice lion picture. Um, There was one type of praise, one praise word in particular that I felt like God was highlighting to me at the minute. Um, I was reading about the story of Leah um, and the start of the tribes of Israel. Leah had been barren and she hadn't been able to have any children, but she prayed and God gave her Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and then she had Judah. And in the story, she was so thankful. She, uh, she said, um, now will I praise the Lord. Therefore, she named him Judah. And the word is yada, now will I yada the Lord. And I put some of the definitions here. Uh, of what yada praise is so it's from the they think that probably what she did is a bit like the lion king she probably had the baby in her hands and she threw up her hands and lifted him up in thanksgiving shut out her thank thankfulness and praise like this because it's from the word to like throw like a stone or cast or shoot an arrow um, to shoot out the hands, to give thanks, and to confess the name of the Lord. That's what that praise word means. I quite like thinking of it like the little, ah, <laughs> at the beginning of the Lion King. <laughs> um, and so the, the word Judah comes from that yada, that thankfulness, and his name literally means praise. And we, we come across it a bit because we hear about the lion of the tribe of Judah, and that's, that's come from Revelation where we, um, we hear God describes himself as the lion of the tribe of Judah. I think it's cool that he picked praise as his tribe. He's like, if I, you know, like he loved all of Israel, <laughs> obviously, chose them all. But he's like, now these guys I can really fit in with, you know, like the praisers, the thankers. I want to put my name on them. And uh, that's where he loves to be in that place of thankfulness. And they had this banner, this standard, which had the lion on it, that they would lead out the tribes of Israel with, uh, with praise. Cool image. And it made me think that like, this is what warfare looks like to God. When we think about all those circumstances that need overcoming and the battles that come against us, like we know there is a realm where battles rage. We're not denying that. But what does warfare look like in heaven? Is it stressful? Is it painful and bitter and bloody? And 
well, God has already settled it. It was painful and bitter and bloody on the cross, but he said it was finished. He's done that bit now. He has overcome. That's not to say we don't have pain and sorrow and stuff coming against us, but what does the warfare look like? Well, the answer to that has been settled once and for all. So for now, warfare looks like, and this is a cool little tying up thing, I, I was thinking this, um, conf- to confess the name of God, um, I was thinking about, you know, I was searching for it. It's like, where is it in the Bible where it says, um, the battle is the Lord's? So he's like someone is confessing the name of God over their battle, like the Lord will fight on our behalf and all this. So I did a little internet search, and this is great, right? Does anyone know which one it came from? It wasn't actually Jehoshaphat. I thought it was that one, because they did say he'll fight on our behalf in that one. But the place, the one place where it literally says the battle is the Lord is from the story of David and Goliath. And how did David kill Goliath? Casting out his arms and throwing the stone. So the confession of the name of the Lord over the circumstance lined up with the action of casting, casting out the hands in thankfulness to God, and it brought the giant crumbling down, crashing down, which I think is kind of neat. <laughs> I love it when there's stuff like that in the Bible. Like I'm, not, I'm not trying to draw things where there's not, don't, don't worry, but um, I just think that's, that's kind of cool. So I believe that this kind of thankfulness, just the choice to praise God, you know, no matter what, I'm going to lift my hands up and praise him. Like, I always thought that it was quite a kind of charismatic kind of new thing to put your hands up in praise. And I remember when I was a kid um, at our little Pentecostal church that we went to for a while, and it it became like a thing to me of like, one of these days I'm going to have to lift up my hands. Like, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to like, when the mood really takes me and no one's looking my way, I'm going to just maybe, have you seen that thing of the different positions, like the rocking the baby and the touchdown and the... Like, just maybe one hand, and uh, but it's a very ancient thing, really. It comes all the way back from here to just cast out our hands, like, oh. yeah, we praise you, God. It's who you are. We thank you. We confess the name of God. Uh, but God shows us that warfare looks like that. That's great. The other image that came to me of what does warfare look like, where I was thinking about it, was where He said um, He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I had a little example of this uh, a few years back with um, uh, Vox Women, one of the companies I've been working for, does the Women's Cycling TV program. And we wanted to make our first program. We're doing a Kickstarter campaign to try and raise some money to make the first program. And what we found with Kickstarter is that um, it's basically like a campaign online and you ask people to put money in, they'll get something in return, like they'll get a DVD of the show or a T-shirt or whatever different prizes. But you get out of it what you put into it. So if you stop tweeting and thanking people and emailing them and contacting them, it goes very quiet, no money comes in. You have to constantly be reaching out and pushing and, you know, 24 hours left on our campaign, give, give, give people, all of this. The more you do that, the more money comes in. It's very labour-intensive. Um, But we were in our last day before the deadline, and if you don't make it up to the full amount, you don't get any of it. So we'd raised almost enough to make this TV programme. We're a few hundred pounds short, and it was just like, is this going to happen? How can I make this happen? You know, I've just got to keep pushing, got to keep trying. Uh, Who haven't I emailed that I could think of, or what message could I put out there that's going to make this happen? And I remember God saying to me, this verse about I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies and we got invited out for a celebration dinner right over the deadline (laughs) and I was like (laughs) I'm going to want to just be on my phone just checking just making sure and I thought no God's telling me like this is my sacrifice of praise to him to like turn off the turn off the phone take it out of my hands and what's more have a nice glass of wine at the dinner (laughs) and relax like he has prepared this table for me this is what my warfare is going to look like today and it's going to be my act of praise to him to not try and make anything happen just trust him with it just give it to him I'm not saying that we have to be like apathetic and be hands off about everything but for me this was an active costly choice to do nothing 
if you see what I mean. It was, it was an intentional laying down of doing stuff. Um, so it was an active choice, really. And yeah, amazingly, amazingly, you sort of go, of course he did it, don't you, afterwards. But the money all came in. We met the goal. We made the program. Here we are, three series later. It's been around the world and millions of people have seen the show. He did it, didn't he? He does it. Next one. Yeah. So I felt like there was this invitation to go deeper into praise still. I felt like there was more that there's breakthrough that he wants to release to us that's waiting for us in the deep waters. It's waiting for us not to like try harder to find a way to release this money or this healing or this breakthrough or whatever, but just waiting for us as we discover him, he's going to release the word. There's words kind of bubbling for us. For anyone that wants to be kind of a deep sea diver, let go of the edges. We don't have to earn it or whatever. It's it's a letting go and a... Uh, kind of surrender that takes us to that place really but I thought maybe we could just have a little think about what does this look like for us um, in the context of either in the middle of trouble like we were talking about and pressure and stuff what does it mean to press in in a way I think that can be easier like when stuff's coming at you 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 can sort of go oh we need you now God I'm going to Person, I'm gonna contend for this, um, but maybe it's in the context of like things are quite good, and like I'm quite happy with where we are right now. I'm enjoying the good weather, I'm enjoying the family, and like, all the good things, all the good stuff which we should enjoy. But what does it look like to go a bit deeper now, and what things might he calling be calling us to let go of or to venture a bit deeper? It struck me this morning. Um, I thought. Great worship time, really cool. But it's interesting how there's always a choice when you come to worship, isn't there? Of like, this could be just standard every time. You could walk away and just have, it's a bit like if you're with someone you really care about, you could have a whole conversation that's all just surface level and just small talk, and you could walk away and neither of you have really connected, and there's nothing bad, nothing bad has happened, you haven't fallen out, you still love each other, that's fine, but there's an opportunity to like encounter, there's an opportunity to connect, and that, I wonder how how often we notice that. So I've got a little question for you to have a chat and think about, yeah, what does it look like for us to go into deeper waters, to go a bit deeper in praise, in worship? That could be in main meetings, it could be at home, it could be as a family. Um, what could he be just maybe putting his finger on that would be an invitation to you right now? So, just a couple of minutes on that. Alexander! <laughs> Oh, it could be something practical in worship. Is he asking you to kind of let go and give him more in the way that you worship? Maybe through that creativity, maybe in the way you sing or dance or move. Alright, we're going to keep going. Because I've got kind of one last thing for us to do before we wrap up and get the kids and all that. So let's have the next slide. This is, this is one of my favourite images that I always think about um, when it comes up to Kingdom Life School. That I think God's promised to us has been that whenever we'll find more jars for him, 
he will fill them. That's, that's good, isn't it? When we make space for him, he says, I'll fill it. You make the space, I'll fill it. And I think that's part of this invitation right now. If we will find the space, if we will let go of something to make a bit of room for him, his promises to fill it straight away. He's going to come rushing in. So if you want to see more oil in your life, let's find some more jars that we can give him. Let's find something more that we can... Maybe it's five minutes in the morning, but he's going to come in and fill it. Maybe it's the choice to, in the first song... I'm going to turn my eyes on. I'm going to be looking for you in that first song. I'm not going to be waiting for the last minute or whatever. But he's going to come and fill it. Let's see what he does. Um, the last slide. If if you've been doing, um, if you did the Steve De Silva course, we did we did a bit of this and that. I just thought it was a great image. I've got a lovely picture of a river here today because. Um, it kind of occurred to me that this is the same thing again, that uh, there's so much to do with which way we're looking. The way this exercise works is um, that, well, we'll have a go at it in a minute, um, but you picture a river and you picture yourself in the middle of the river um, looking in the direction that the water is flowing. So the water is flowing away from you. And um, from behind you, all this stuff is floating down the river, good things and stuff that God has for you, and trying to take hold of those different good things. Um, but it's quite a reactive way to be that way, because as soon as it's reached you, it's all already rushing away with the flow of the river away from you. And in this little exercise, all you do is you imagine yourself turning around and facing towards the source, which is Jesus, and the difference that that brings. Um, but when we were looking at this on this Steve De Silva course, I was thinking it's, it's, um, it really helps me kind of identify when, like, when things are quite good, maybe, or when I'm under pressure and just busy and just, you know, in, in the middle of life stuff. Um, it helps me identify when I've become reactive and everything feels like, oh, I've got to grab hold of that before that goes. I've got to take hold of this. I've got to... And it's all kind of feels as if it's rushing past me. And now when I spot that feeling of like, oh, my goodness, oh, 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 it's sort of like a little flag to me of like, oh, wait, I've got absorbed and looking this way. Maybe it's time just to turn and change my perspective to face the other way and see what he's got for me. And... Um, then suddenly you can see from far off what he's bringing to you and it's easy to take hold of those things. You just just reach out your arms and they gather into your arms. Um, so I thought just for the last couple of minutes, um, it would be great if we could have a go at this little exercise. It's just, it's just an imagination thing, but I believe that God can speak through our imagination. He sanctified us, body, soul and spirit, including our imagination, so he can meet us in that place. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask us if we could, you can be in a space if you want, you can stay where you are if you want to, but let's just close our eyes We say, Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us now? We know this is just a simple little thing, but we believe that you can speak to us, you can do something amazing in these little moments, and as we make a space for you, would you come and fill it? So I'd like you to picture that you're in the river, any river you like. <laughs> Have a look around you and sort of think about where are the banks, what's the water like, what's under your feet, watch the water flowing. You're looking downstream as the water flows away from you at the minute. And picture stuff kind of floating down the river, things from God, words and uh, promises and good things that he's sending, provision maybe, all floating past you. And then what I'd like us to do, you can just whisper it softly under your breath if you want, but I'd like us to start to start to praise God. And as we whisper words of praise of who he is to us, I want you to picture yourself turning around to face upstream and look upstream towards the source. So let's just whisper our praise to him.
looking towards that source. When I was younger, I used to believe that, I read that no one can ever see God, because if you see, it said in the Old Testament, if you see God, you die. But what I didn't realise was that we have died and been raised with Christ. So we can see God. And it used to really stop me when I was trying to imagine him, because I thought, well, obviously I couldn't see him. But as we look to the source, I'd like you to just picture God sitting on his throne. He is the source. The river throws from his throne room, doesn't it? It gets deeper and deeper and surrounds us, all the goodness flowing from the throne of God, and the radiance from the brightness of his face, the kindness in his eyes. He has such good things for us. And as we turn our eyes and we look at him, I'd like you to picture him releasing stuff to you. I believe he's going to release some words to people, even now, that are going to start to bring the circumstances into alignment. They're going to challenge, challenge the things that have come out of alignment. They're going to be promises and words of hope and encouragement for what he has for us. So let's just take a minute just to ask him, what are you sending down the river to me? Did anyone see a word or a promise or something good coming towards them you'd like to share? It's quite quick, but maybe you did. He can be quick too. Yeah? I'm coming around to die. I saw the word unity. Just big letters coming down the river. Good, releasing unity. Anyone else see anything? Or hear anything from God? I had the word freedom and uh, the fact that we are not bound by anything. And I saw um, being released lots of flowers, beautiful golden flowers just being poured out along the river beauty and yeah, I was thinking about it one of the symptoms of um, when we've when we've accidentally turned downstream and we haven't noticed it if you see when we're facing I don't know kind of under circumstances a little bit is like the the joy and the beauty can kind of disappear a bit and be replaced by like survival you know just gotta gotta do that just get us get through this and then you know just got to get this job done and then it'll be better just got to get through this thing and then it will be better or whatever when we turn the other way there's in his presence there's fullness of joy and things are beautiful and uh, it doesn't mean things are perfect but there's hope there's always hope just glistening with hope those golden flowers are a bit like that just it's kind of frivolous isn't it it's like not going to fix anything but it's beautiful and it's a gift from god and we can receive those things they bring joy to us well did anyone else see anything they wanted to? Yeah. I had the words healing and miracles. We'll have some of those. <laughs> healing and miracles. Yeah. Any last? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll come back here in a sec. I had a sort of the picture of the several rivers I've seen where it's gold. As the, as the water comes through, it's gold. And I've got peace and joy and hope. Peace, hope. Joy, love it. Well, funny enough, I was in the Niagara Falls. <laughs> so you can imagine what it was like. Yeah, there was just like loads of rainbows everywhere. You know how it does, and it just floating around. I felt he's releasing his promises for everyone. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, yeah, it just takes a second. It's not hard. It's not hard work. But in a moment, we can turn face the father and he's there waiting on the highway to come and 
meet with us. But um, yeah, just to sum up, we've got we had that phrase. Let me go back to it. When circumstances deviate from God's plan, the word is released to challenge and correct the circumstances. And in just one moment, we have access to that word. It's like standing in a river and choosing to face upstream. As we worship, as we thank him, we turn our eyes on him, the source, the source of our hope, our joy, and our promises. He releases those things to us. It fills us with hope and joy, and it starts to challenge and to correct the circumstances around us and give us strength for the battle. But the battle doesn't look quite like we thought it might do. The battle looks like feasting in the presence of God and in the presence of our enemies as God fights the battle for us. There we go. The end. Amen. (laughs)